But we got a study today about prayer. Uh, we, we study about prayer a lot. We, we think about prayer a lot, I hope. Uh, prayer seems to be an easy topic to, to preach about. Uh, you could call it low-hanging fruit. Well, what am I going to preach about? We'll preach about prayer. But I've got an interesting study about prayer uh, for us this morning. One that, one that I feel is uh, not touched on that much. You've heard a lot of lessons about prayer, with that being said. We can go to Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and we can study the way that he prayer, uh, prayed. We, we think about prayer being uh, in the book of Daniel, when Daniel prayed, and then he was thrown into a den of lions uh, because of his service to God, because of his prayer. And we'll study the way that Daniel prayed. He went into his house, uh, he prayed, he got down on his knees and he was praying. If you go to Matthew chapter 6... Uh, we read about uh, Jesus speaking there, saying, when you pray, go, go into your house, close the door. Uh, you're, not to be praying, or you're not praying just to be seen by men. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about Jesus praying for multiple days at a time. And we get this thought about prayer, that it has to be some big formal um, talk between you and God. And I don't believe that that's necessarily true. But we also have a verse in the book of 1 Thessalonians, there in chapter 5, that gives us a different commandment about prayer. One that maybe can wrap up how our prayer life needs to be in three words. And it says there in verse 17, pray without ceasing. It says in verse number 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Pray without ceasing. Do you know what it means to cease? It means to stop. Pray without stopping. Pray without relenting. Always pray. You could take that to mean. To pray without ceasing. That's an interesting, that's an interesting scripture to me. And so I want to ask you a few questions in relation to this scripture. Last week, did you pray without ceasing? Can you honestly say that you prayed all week without ceasing? I don't believe that I can. Well, my next question would be, did you make an attempt to pray without ceasing? I don't believe that I can say that as well. I don't even know that I made an attempt to pray without ceasing. So the question has to be asked then, did God give us a commandment that's impossible to obey? Did He give us a commandment that we quite simply cannot achieve or complete? Or was God saying, uh, did God think to himself, I know what I'll do. I'll, I'll ask them to pray without ceasing and then they'll pray a lot because he just wants us to pray a lot. Does God want us to pray a lot? I think so. I think it's true that God wants us to pray a lot. But I don't believe that whenever he says pray without ceasing, he means pray a lot or else I think he would have said pray a lot. <laughs> pray all the time maybe. So do you try to obey this commandment? A more difficult question, uh, one that I've asked myself. And I want you to ask yourself the question, how many times did you pray yesterday? If we're going to put a number on it, how many times did you pray? I thought back and in preparation to give this study, and I tried to count the amount of times I prayed yesterday, and I I'm not certain, to be honest. I think seven. I'm not sure. 
I think the number seven, though, could have been two. <laughs> I'm not sure. Seemed like more than two. I don't know. Well, how many times did you check Facebook yesterday? It was more than two. I know that for certainty. And it was for more than five minutes at a time as well. You see, with, with all the questions we can ask ourselves about how much we pray or, or how many times we've prayed in the last week or the last day, we know that, that the message is we need to pray. That God wants us to pray. You know, we see similar examples, similar commands, similar scriptures to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 17. And I'm not going to have... Obviously, I'm not going to have any scriptures up on the board today. So if you want to follow along, I'll call out the scriptures. I can't promise that you'll turn there before I read it. But I want to read a few commands that we see that are similar to what we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 17. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17, it says, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him, wherein whatever we do, whatever we say, any action that we take, we are to do that in the name of Jesus Christ. Can we say that we've honestly done that? Well, did God give us a commandment there that we can't obey? Uh, verse number 20 of the same chapter, speaking to children there. It says, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Children, do you feel that you obeyed your parents in all things last week? Do you think you obeyed them in all things yesterday? Or did God give you a commandment that you can't obey? I don't believe that's true either. And then one more in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 11. Speaking here to the wife of a deacon, it says, Even so must their wives be grave, not slender, sober, faithful in all things. A deacon's wife is to be faithful in all things. To the deacon's wives, can you say that you are faithful in all things? There's obviously many other examples of, of language like this in the scriptures that we could turn to, that we could read. God doesn't give us commandments that we can't obey. God doesn't do that. God doesn't give us commandments um, such as pray without ceasing in hopes that we'll pray a lot. So did God give us a commandment that He expects us to obey. And I believe that to be true as well. You know, we serve a God who very obviously deserves our praise. He deserves our thanksgiving. He deserves our thankfulness to Him. He deserves our prayers in every facet of life, besides the fact of it just being His will. We serve a God who knows our needs before we ask Him. Um, dare I say, He knows our needs before we know our needs as well. And so why does he even need us to pray to him? You've heard that question asked many times, no doubt. Turn to Exodus chapter 34, verse 14. One simple thing I want to get from this scripture. It says, Therefore thou shalt worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. We serve a jealous God. We serve a God who needs us to pray to him. Not to say that if we don't, he will be lesser, but he needs our praise. He deserves our praise, but not only that, he, he desperately wants it, and he deserves it. Another instance of that, in 2 Corinthians 11 and 2, uh, speaking of jealousy, it's not really talking about uh, God there, but it says, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. We're 
we're, we serve a God who's not only jealous, but is jealous with a godly type of jealousy, a righteous type of jealousy. A jealousy that he, he understands and he knows that if we don't pray to him, that we're, we're missing out. If we don't bring our prayers and our petitions to him, that we're missing out, that our relationship with him will be lesser. And so for the remainder of the study this morning, ooh, did y'all see that? I want to bring a few practical points to answer the question, how can we pray without ceasing? Because I believe it's not something that we can't do. I believe it's something that is very, very achievable. And I believe that we can pray without ceasing. You may have heard of a man by the name of Stonewall Jackson. Um, You probably don't know much about him. I don't know much about him, to be honest with you. I know that he was a Civil War Confederate soldier. Um, he was a bit of an odd guy, uh, if, you, if you read up on the guy much. Um, he only ate stale bread and only drank water. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of weird. But he was very religious. Um, and he, he talked a little bit to uh, the idea, the mindset of praying without ceasing. He received a lot of mail um, just by virtue of his, his post in the military a lot of people knew him. He knew a lot of people. He spoke to a lot of people um, through, his, through his daily activities. Anytime he received a letter uh, from anyone, when he received that letter, before he opened it, he would look at the name of whoever sent that to him, and he would pray for the person that sent him that letter. And then he would pray about the contents of the message. That it, He would pray that they would be good, that it would be a blessing. And he'd pray that if the message wasn't good, that if it was something negative, if it was a problem, that God would help him to deal with that problem. And that they would overcome it. They would look and they would lean on God for that issue. As I said before, prayer doesn't have to be long and formal. It doesn't have to be drawn out. And there's a time and there's a place for that, for our formal prayer uh, between you and God. But I don't believe prayer has to be that. I believe that prayer can be, when you get a message, you pray about that message. And I think therein lies the way that we can obey this commandment. That we can obey it through, through small prayers throughout the day. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8, there a very well-known scripture says, Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, are just, are pure, are lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. We're commanded to have a mindset of thinking about good things, of thinking about things that are true, that are honest, of good report, anything with virtue or praise, to think on these things. I think it kind of goes hand in hand with the mindset and fulfilling Continuing in prayer. To be instant in prayer. You know, we tend to pray about the things we think about. That's what I do. The things that are going on in my life, I pray about them. The people that I'm with most of the time in my life, I pray for them. Any problem that comes into my life, I pray about it a lot. We pray about whatever we think about. That's human nature. If we're thinking about good things, we're going to pray about good things. And so today, I want to look at five different areas in our lives that we can pray for or that we can pray in, rather. The first just being any 
time we have in our daily life, in our daily routine, any time that we're given an opportunity to pray, any time throughout our day that has no specific purpose, any people in our life, specifically those that we have difficult relationships with or, or those that are our friends, anything or anyone that crosses your mind, and then finally, of course, when, when tempted. So the first being there, our daily life. And the, the idea of this study, the idea of this sermon is to um, promote uh, times that we can pray, to give examples of time that we can pray. This is supposed to be a very practical lesson uh, rather than a deep dig it into prayer. So when you drink anything, thank God for both His gift of water to sustain you and also the water of life that He gives us. You know, it's such a simple thing to pray for when you get a drink of water. You know, we have a lot of things here that, that other places and other people in the world don't have. We, we got clean water, as much of it as we want. Even the water that we don't like here in town is pretty good. <laughs> we should thank God for that. You know, give thanks to God for everything that, that you eat, everything that goes into your stomach, because it's a gift from God. You know, we can find ourselves at times not praying when we sit down to have a meal. It's truly a gift from God. And Matthew 6 and 11 says there simply, Give us this day our daily bread. In the book of Matthew, they're talking about a prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And ask or thanksgiving for the food we have. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, it says, For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. We have so many opportunities to pray and just in the abundance of what we eat in a day. Have you ever prayed about the, the blessing that we have, the ability that we have to clean ourselves, to take a bath, to take a shower? You know, when you bathe today, thank God for His cleansing blood. Not only that He allows you to have a clean place to take a shower and to clean yourself, but the fact that He also cleanses us and cleans our soul with His blood. The fact that He gives us forgiveness... And when you put your clothes on in the morning, thank God for your raiment. Thank God for the very clothes that you can put on. But also let that be a reminder to thank God for being able to clothe you in righteousness. It's a simple reminder that we can have. When you lie down to sleep, ask God to grant you rest, not only for the night, but that He'll reprove you and that He'll purify your soul so that one day you can receive eternal rest. What a great and a simple reminder for something that we tend to overlook a blessing that is bigger or that is bigger than any other blessing we could have that we tend to overlook the fact that God will give us eternal rest how often do you pray for that a simple one whenever you're cleaning your glasses or for those that don't have glasses if you're cleaning your windshield ask God to open your eyes so that you can see clearly ask him to take away anything out of your life that's blinding you from seeing the truth or from seeing things the way that they should be seen so that you can see His will for your life more directly. An example there in Acts chapter 26 says to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. What about when you're filling your car up with fuel for those of us who never wash our windshields like myself? Ask God to fill you with His love. 
to fill you with the gift of the Holy Spirit that He's promised to us. Ask God to fill you with joy. What a simple reminder that we can have. In Acts chapter 13, verse 52, it says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. You know, I pray for joy sometimes. Uh, and I try to pray for the Holy Ghost. I try to pray for the Spirit. That God will help me to, to live each day like a spirit. Not necessarily thinking as a, as a human being. That's something that we need to pray for. The second point is whenever you're given opportunity. And this is where kind of the idea of the lesson came from. Uh, when referring to, to Stonewall Jackson there. Any letter that you get or any email that you get, if you get a call or if you see a text message on your phone, before you open that text message, pray for the name that you see there. Pray for blessings on that person in their life. Pray for the content of that message, that it would be a good message, that it would be a blessing. And also pray that if it's not, that God will help you deal with whatever that is, with whatever comes with that blessing, or with, with that message, rather, that you would lean on Him for strength. Romans 12 and 12 says, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. God expects us to pray. He expects us to pray for hope. He expects us to pray when we rejoice. And He expects us to pray through times of tribulation. He expects us to talk to Him then. Whenever you're at work, uh, you're about to go on your lunch break, you're, you're taking a break during the day, take that time to pray for the people that you work with. Uh, anybody that you may engage in business with or that you come into contact with in your day-to-day, -day, and pray for blessings in that person's life. Thank God for putting those people in your life. Yeah, that's one that gets to me quite, quite a bit. To thank God for somebody that's in your life. Whenever you come into contact with any person, specifically those close friends and family that you know of that, that don't have the gifts from God that we enjoy, pray that God would lead them to salvation. Pray that God would open their eyes to see the salvation that He so freely gives. In John chapter 17, verse 20, it says, Neither I pray for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. How often do you pray for the people in your life? You know, a few times people have come up to me and said, Hey, I've been praying for you. Or I got a text message from somebody that said they were praying for me. That really meant a lot to me. Uh, something so simple is, is just talking to God for a few seconds on somebody's behalf that can make such a big difference. We're to pray in time that has no specific purpose. While you're scrolling on Facebook, pray for... Whoever you see, whoever's name you're scrolling across there, uh, that God would, would give them good news in their life, that God would bless them. Or if, if there's something bad going on in their life, times of sorrow or tribulation, you know, ask God to, to take that, to remove that from their life. Luke 22 and 32 says, But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. When was the last time you prayed for someone's faith? You know, it's a good thing to pray and be thankful to God for what we eat. It's a good thing to pray to God and be thankful for the homes that we have. But when was the last time you prayed and asked God to help somebody build their faith? We're missing out on opportunities here. Colossians 4, 2, and 3 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying also for us that God would open unto 
unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I'm also in bonds. When have you prayed for opportunity to share the gospel with somebody? The next is our difficult relationships. Matthew 5.44, of course, there says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. I'm assuming that we pretty well all have somebody in our life that, that just is difficult, difficult to deal with. Um, somebody that we probably have bad thoughts toward. Somebody that we get angry with often or, or someone that's just difficult to be in our life. Have you prayed to God for that person? Ask God to strengthen that relationship, to ease the tension in that relationship. But think about asking God to soften your own heart so that you wouldn't be so upset with that person. I can think back to a very specific example of a, a person who I was with every single day a few years ago. Very difficult relationship. We butted heads so, so terribly bad. Uh, I started praying for that person. It seemed like things got better uh, pretty quickly. Uh, he wasn't so bad after all. Some of it was just my bad attitude. Pray for anyone that crosses your mind. Point number five. Whoever that may be. Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 3. A simple verse there says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. You know, is there somebody in your life that is so important to you that every time you think about them, you thank God? You know, my guess is there's people that are that important to you. We just don't take the time to thank God for them. We don't thank God for the time and for the things that they've done for us, for the blessings that they've been for us in our life. I suppose it's the least we could do to pray for them. Folks, strive in every act of your life. I've, I think I've been pretty thorough in, in giving some examples here. Strive in every act of your life to make prayer constant, to pray without ceasing. I've tried this Pretty, pretty hard in my life. I've tried to pray without ceasing. Um, it, it's pretty difficult at first, but I promise you the more you try it, the easier it'll be. Strive to make prayer something in your life that is absolutely habitual, that you do without thinking about, that you constantly are doing and, and not even thinking about it. It will get to the point, I promise you, because I've been there where you go and you talk to somebody, and then a few hours later you think, I did not even pray for that person, and you feel bad about it. Um, that's a bad feeling, but it's also somewhat uh, of a good feeling. It, it'll start to become more and more natural. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9, we'll read a few verses there. says, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his, of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Folks, if you want to pray for me, pray what these scriptures say right here. If there's one thing you're going to pray about for me, I want it to be this. We do not cease to pray for you, there it says in verse number 9, that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. That you'll be filled with wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you would walk worthy of the Lord. 
that you will be fruitful in every good work, increasing in God's knowledge, strengthened with all might and His glorious power, with patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness. If this is the prayer, if you're going to pray one prayer, pray this prayer for somebody. What an amazing thing, what an amazing blessing you can give to somebody else by praying this short and simple prayer. You know, I suppose that prayer is the greatest deterrent to sin. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse number 13, we read about the way that we have to escape. And I suppose that the best escape is, is prayer. There have been times when you're tempted, no doubt, and whenever you tend to go to God in prayer versus give in to that temptation, uh, you feel so much stronger. That God is right there waiting to hear your petition. James chapter 5 and verse number 16. I don't have this one on mine. says there, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Prayer is, I guess, the strongest tool that we have at our own disposal even. No matter what issue it comes to, but especially to the deterrent of sin. You know, it, it comes down to a mindset. We can talk about examples all day, uh, and we can make up uh, ways and times that we can pray, but it comes down to the mindset that we have. It comes down to whether or not you are going to make it a priority to pray without ceasing. Because you have that option. We have the availability, we have the freedom to say a short prayer. It doesn't have to be long, it doesn't have to be drawn out. Something as simple as filling up your car with gas and, and stopping for a few seconds there to, to say a prayer, to thank God for blessings in your life, to ask for blessings for yourself and for, for other people in your life. In Colossians 3 and 2 it says, Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. It's a similar mindset that we have, I believe. If we're truly, if our goal is truly heaven, if we're truly setting our affection and putting our mind on things that are above, putting our mind on heaven, if we're truly trying to pray without ceasing, we're going to achieve that goal. And finally, in Romans 12 and 2, it says, And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We're commanded to change. We're commanded not to be conformed, but to be transformed to be not only transformed, but by the renewing of our minds, by the changing of your mindset. Let me tell you, continual prayer is a change of mindset. It's something not only that, that sounds nice, that sounds good, that sounds like something we need to do, but it's something that God has commanded us to do. He says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and verse number 17, pray without ceasing. This is something that we must do. This is something that we must strive to do. And so I ask you in closing today, decide today to make that your mindset. To make continual prayer your mindset. You know, I've given this sermon a few different times now. Uh, and every time it comes at a, at a pretty good time, uh, after I give it, I, I really try to pray hard. And, and it, uh, I do well for a while, but it seems to, you know, to slack off a little bit as, as days go by. But the more and more we strive to do this, the more easy it will become. So to decide today... To be that person who prays effectually and fervently for your loved ones. Be that person who decides today 
to thank God for everything and every blessing in their life. Be that person today who decides to change their mindset about prayer. That prayer is not just for whenever you go to bed. Prayer is not just for whenever you wake up. Prayer is not just something for the three times a day that you eat something. But that prayer is a mindset. Prayer is something that we're going to live a life of continual prayer. We're going to live a life of praying without ceasing each and every day. Decide today that you will do that. You will pray without ceasing. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.